Hello, and welcome to this mini-episode of Beyond the Breakers. My name's Taylor, and I'll be your host today. Uh, kind of flying solo in this one. Tanner is working, so this will just be me today. Uh, first, we just wanted to do this quick episode and say that we're going to be having a slight timing change with the release. Uh, kind of due to Tanner's work schedule, he was working during the night. Now he'll be transitioning to a more traditional schedule. So we'll have to start doing this on the weekends. So we'll probably be looking at a Sunday release for our Patreon members and then Monday for everybody else. Um, just wanted to get that out there. We didn't forget about the pod. Uh, we still want to continue to do it. We still enjoy releasing the content. We'll just have a slight change of pace. Uh, we still want to make the extra stuff for the Patreon. So definitely consider that. Um, we're beyond the breakers on Patreon and Instagram. Give us a follow and uh, check out what we're doing. We like interacting with you guys. With that being said, uh, I did want to put something out today. So this episode will be going out uh, at the same time for everybody because it's just a mini episode. And uh, from time to time, I'd probably like to do this, just release something short and, you know, not as much detail, but a short little story that's worth sharing. And that story today is actually about a person, Theodosia Burr which, if that name sounds familiar from the musical Hamilton, um, it should. It is that Theodosia Burr, daughter of Aaron Burr. Um, one of the best songs in the entire musical, I think most people would agree, is Dear Theodosia. And yeah, it is. this is the same person. So she was born in 1783, as I've said, daughter of Aaron Burr. Um, she was a very highly educated child and woman as she continued to grow. She was educated in areas such as math, science, various languages, and this is fairly uncommon for the day. It wasn't uncommon for girls to receive a basic education, but she went beyond that. She began to learn, you know, very heavy math subjects, Latin, things that were very much considered more of a, a man's world at the time. But, uh, it's noted that her father wanted her to be an educated and independent woman. So that's, Pretty progressive of him for the time. Um, so, uh, due to the way that things worked back then, although she was a strong and independent woman, she was still destined to marry into a powerful family. Um, and she did that. She married Joseph Alston, who was a wealthy landowner and would later become governor of South Carolina. And uh, although they did care for each other, this marriage was partly done because of Theodosia's father's money issues. Um, I know. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know a ton about Aaron Burr after his interactions with Alexander Hamilton. Things didn't go well for him. He spent a lot of time on the run from the government for various different things. He owed a lot of people a lot of money. But, um, yeah, he part of this marriage was kind of connecting his family with a powerful landowning family in the South. So our story then proceeds on to 1812. Uh, a few months after the War of 1812 breaks out, Theodosia decides to travel north to see her father. She had been plagued by depression since the death of her son earlier that year, and this affected her so deeply that she actually had to delay her travel plans. She had originally planned to depart in October to see her father, but she ended up waiting until December. Um, as we know, the longer you wait, uh, the worse weather tends to get. Even when you're down south, it can still be pretty nasty out in the ocean. And uh, waiting is probably not a great thing. As we like to say, this will be important later. Uh, she ends up leaving Georgetown, South Carolina on December 31st, 1812. So New Year's Eve. 
and she traveled aboard a small privateer vessel named the Patriot. The Patriot was known as a pilot ship. Uh, so basically, it's a fast ship. It's not the biggest vessel out there, but it's made to move quickly. Uh, it also had a form- formidable array of guns, which are hidden in order to surprise its target. So its goal was basically to pretend to be a merchant ship and get as close as it can and then spring out and attack whatever their target was. And uh, a privateer, for those that don't know, it's basically a pirate with a charter from a government saying it's okay to raid merchant shipping. Um, it kind of exists in a legal gray area, but it's very common this time to employ this. So this is a basically a private contractor working for the government to raid shipping. And that's what this vessel was intended to do. However, always looking for a money-making opportunity. If they could carry a rich person north, they would definitely do it if they uh, could make it worth their while. So as I previously said, this vessel frequently targeted merchant shipping. And that means that it would have been somewhat of a target. That means that if you're a merchant captain you're going to be on the lookout for this kind of vessel. Clearly, you know, it's going to be a known thing. You're going to know that it doesn't look like a man of war or something like that. You're going to know that you should be a, a suspicious of an unidentified merchant vessel that's that looks like this one. Uh, obviously, since we're talking about it, things do not end well. Uh, tragically, the vessel when the vessel left Georgetown, bound for New York, this would be the last time anyone on board was seen. Not only seen alive, but seen. We actually have no confirmed reports of finding any remnants of this vessel or of any uh, bodies or anything like that. So this vessel basically disappears after it leaves. So let's talk about that real quick. What happened to the Patriot? Um, There's a couple theories. Some are more probable than others. Obviously, uh, when you start talking about a story like this and there's a, a historical figure attached to it, there's going to be some kind of romance involved. They're going to try to spice up the story that, you know, saying it sank in a storm just doesn't sound quite as good as some of the other options that are out there. Um, so let's get into it. What happened? Um, it's possible that she was recognized by another group of pirates or privateers. Uh, it sounds like this vessel was returning from the West Indies where it was probably raiding shipping, which means it could have been laden with a whole bunch of goods that it had, taken. So it would be a pretty fat target for someone, you know, looking to scam the scammer, basically, you know, a group of pirates looking to raid a privateer, you know, they did all the hard work, you only have to attack one ship, the Patriot had to attack multiple to accumulate all this loot. So it's possible that she was recognized and attacked. Um, In addition to that, obviously, if you're a pirate, and you attack a vessel, you probably don't want a lot of survivors, particularly if it's the you know, a well-connected family, uh, you know, a woman of a well-connected family, you're, you're probably not going to want that bounty on your head. So you have a lot of incentive to not leave any survivors. Um, I also should have noted, I know I forgot previously, um, the person that she marries is the governor of South Carolina. So he is pretty well-connected. Definitely a reason that you wouldn't want to leave her around. You wouldn't want that target. Uh, along with this theory, there have been a lot of people that have confessed uh, throughout the years after this, uh, either to being part of the crew of the Patriot that mutinied or to be part of the crew that attacked the Patriot and raided the ship. Um, Obviously, none of these stories can be confirmed, and it's likely just barroom boasting. You know how it is when a couple sailors or someone get in a barroom and you have a couple drinks and all of a sudden, you know, if you got all eyes on you and you've got the attention of everybody, you're going to tell a good story. 
And that's, that's probably all that is, is just barroom boasting. It's nothing that can be confirmed. Uh, another kind of related thing, uh, not necessarily pirates, but definitely something nefarious, is that it's possible she was tricked by a group called bankers. So bankers are people, were people who lived on the outer banks of, the Nor- of North Carolina. So what they would do is start fires and burn lanterns and basically intentionally try to confuse ship captains. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with the coast of North Carolina, but one of its nicknames is the Graveyard of the Atlantic. Uh, this is partly due to kind of the treacherous um, shoals and islands that kind of stick out into the ocean that are in that area. It's an area that I'm pretty familiar with, especially the Cape Lookout area. Um, this is most likely around Cape Hatteras, so a little further north. But um, there's a lot of local legends around these people that um, that's basically how they made a living. So the ship would wreck itself on a dangerous shoal around Cape Hatteras. And then the bankers would then go out and recover the cargo that washed up on shore. And then they would go and sell that. So basically, they're, they're basically shore pirates almost is the way you could think of them. They're doing the same thing effectively. They're stealing merchandise, but they're also taking it one step further by intentionally wrecking a ship. Um, you know, you're, you're pretty much committing murder at that point. Um, anyone that, you know, you're putting people in an extremely dangerous situation and there's actually local tales of them straight up committing murder. Uh, obviously you wouldn't want any survivors in that scenario cause they're going to turn you in. Um, there's local legends of these bankers actually murdering survivors in order to maintain their anonymity. So that's another theory that's put forth in this is that the vessel was either the captain of the vessel was confused. He wrecked the ship and then the bankers raided the ship and um, murdered the survivors. There's actually something we'll discuss in a little bit that may give a little credence to this. And it's uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, Another possible explanation was that the British were responsible for the loss of the Patriot. Although I find this unlikely, uh, I would think that there would be records of this. You think the British would want to boast about it, and if the British had actually captured the ship and you know interrogated anyone on board and had known that they had the daughter of Aaron Burr, who was a noted if not infamous United States politician at this time, I feel like they would have made that known. Uh, she may have been worth something to them. So I don't find that very likely. I didn't see a lot of support for that one. Uh, finally. The one that I think is most likely, but probably the least interesting, is the weather. Uh, It's way more likely that the ship sank to poor weather. And tragically, that would take Theodosia and all of its crew with it. Uh, It's 1812. It's not uncommon for vessels to disappear, particularly a smaller vessel with not very many people on it. It's not like this is a passenger liner, you know, you'd have nowadays where there's thousands of people, you know. I think there may have been 12 people or less on this vessel. It was fairly small. Um, I know it makes for a much less interesting story, though. You don't have the, you know, pirates raiding or, you know, anything like that. But um, I think it's probably the most likely thing. It could have been a combination of the weather and being in a dangerous area like around Cape Hatteras that um, the vessel sank. She broke up and none of the bodies washed up on shore or if they did. They washed up on shore, a local found the bodies, and they buried them because it probably wasn't that uncommon, Um, especially at this point where ships go down so often. You know, it's probably not that noteworthy if you're a local that 
you know, a, a body and some wood washes up on shore, well, you just do the thing that you do and you bury them and move on with your day. Uh, that to me seems like the most likely thing. And finally, the one last thing I want to kind of circle back to that, you know, it could still be weather. It could also point possibly to something with the bankers is there's something known as the Nags Head Portrait, which Nags Head, if you haven't been, is a beautiful spot in North Carolina. Definitely recommend it. Um, it is up north, a little further north than where I'm used to around Moorhead City and Beaufort, but beautiful nonetheless. Um, so in 1869, a doctor is treating a patient in the town of Nags Head, and he notices a really expensive looking oil painting on the patient's walls. And he just sees that it looks a little out of place for where he is. They don't have anything else like that. And he kind of wonders, Hey, where did you, where did you find this picture? Uh, when he inquires, the patient stated that her husband had recovered the picture from a shipwreck during the war of 1812. So, uh, right away, we're checking some boxes here that the time period is correct and the location appears to be correct. Uh, the doctor is actually able to connect with the Burr family, which is pretty impressive um, at that point. What, in 1869? Uh, that, that couldn't have been an easy task. There's no Facebook or Twitter to, to look them up on. Uh, so he gets in contact with the family, and they eventually see the portrait. Uh, many of them were convinced that this picture was, in fact, Theodosia. The only problem here is that only one of them had ever actually met her. So most of them didn't actually know what she looked like. Um, the one person who had met her was not willing to commit to the idea that the portrait was in fact her. So basically what we're left with is we have a portrait of a nicely dressed woman who's clearly from, you know, the upper class of the South. And, you know, it, it's out of place where it is, where the doctor finds it. And their story checks out with something that would be plausible for what happened to Theodosia. This is really the best evidence that we have. We don't have anything else. Um, today, that picture hangs at the library, at a library, at the uh, at Yale, actually. Sorry. Um, what we're left with is that most people agree that Theodosia Burr died on or around January 1st, 1813. Though we will never know the true loss of the, the true cause of the loss of the Patriot is clear that something happened to it off the coast of North Carolina. This story is one of thousands from that era in history. And even in this case, there is limited information. If not for her famous passenger and recent interest in Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, it's likely that the story would either not be remembered or be nothing more than a minor local footnote of the time that a doctor found a picture that looked out of place in the patient's house. And I think it's really funny how history works like that. Um, I know I've had, I've talked to people about this, about this podcast and they say, Oh, are there really that many shipwrecks? Can you really do a podcast about that? And I think, especially if you're into shipwrecks and history, you know, there's, there's almost an infinite number of shipwrecks that we can talk about and infinite stories to share. And I find that really interesting. And I'm really glad that uh, we get to continue to share these kind of stories with you guys. So I would say just hang in there with us while we adjust to some new schedules. We will continue to put out content, and uh, we really uh, hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing. With that being said, I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will be putting out something new in a couple days. Thank you.